0: Welcome to Women Weekend, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency into a divine feminine state of love, harmony, acceptance, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to Waken. From the illusion of being to prove our worth, into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has experienced most of the issues that I explore on this show. On today's guest episode, I welcome a stellar guest, Brett Lockett. Brett is a transformative love and relationship coach, guiding individuals to deep intimacy and authentic connection. Brett is a modern day alchemist using ancient wisdom from the I Ching and gene keys, as well as the hermetic principles. Brett shares about all of this in our conversation on the show. We get into all kinds of different deep, metaphysical, alchemical, esoteric concepts a lot of fun. Brett also shares his very unique perspective of having been an NFL athlete to then have a very transformative spiritual experience after his NFL career ended that led him to become a spiritual guy. It's a fascinating story. This is an incredible marathon of an episode. So take a listen and enjoy. Hello, Brett. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast.
1: Hi, Whitney. How are you? I'm glad to be here.
0: I'm doing fantastic. So exciting to get to sit down with you and have a conversation. We've had some really great conversations already. We just met a few weeks ago. We're very attuned. We're way out there into all the things, both relatively, relatively new to a spiritual path. Would you say what's it been eight or less years now for you?
1: Are we are we keeping track of time? I, I wasn't sure if time was was real or not. So
0: it's not. It's not real. So.
1: Oh, uh, I mean, if we're if we're gonna stay on this this third dimension, I I'd say it probably been about it's it's actually been about six years, six or seven. I don't know. Okay. It's, yeah. It's, it's, you
0: got me beat. You got me beat by about one year. 2019 was mine. Was my okay. big turning point. When was yours?
1: Gosh, it was really 2017 for me. It was it was the first time I did um, dimethyltryptamine, which for those DMT? those of you that know DMT, that is the the full scientific name for dmt and that just that blew my mind open just blew my you know lit off the casket and um i was like okay there's something that's 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 out there that is not on this plane and that sent me down this this rabbit hole of research on everything and at the time like your level of consciousness can only find out whatever whatever your your brain is or wherever your brain is mentally at Right. And so for me at that time, I didn't know a ton of stuff about, you know, ancient, you know, Vedic traditions and Buddhism and hermetic philosophy and astrology, like that wasn't my world. So for me, I had to just go on this journey, the spiritual path that we all talk about and figure this stuff out. And I think that's part of life's journey is figuring out not just how life works and The laws of the universe but also like why we're here what we're here to do um and that's really how the path started and um it just keeps getting more and more exciting as i as i dive into things you know i'm starting to become fun at first it was scary it was like why you know why this or you know who who controls it all like I had all these questions and now it's just like let's let's have at it
0: yeah start to have fun with it because it is overwhelming at first and you think oh my gosh what is really going on here i think that was my big first questions and i had a few i don't know if you did but before i actually open had my spiritual opening awakening i had a few different moments that elicited that right there was a movie that came out 2004 it was called what the bleep did you ever hear of that movie
1: i i don't think i don't recall it
0: or like what the bleep do we know and it's basically about Metaphysics, quantum physics, and the nature of reality. And I watched this as a college student, and I had kind of the same experience where I was like, "Wait a minute, is there is reality not what we think it is?" Is and it sent me into all these rabbit holes. But I was still, you know, I was on the traditional path. I was a, a college student, so I went back to normal life and tried to forget about the weird shit that blew my mind. Because, <laughs> yeah. um, but that kind of relates Brett to your unique experience because you weren't necessarily on a traditional spiritual path or work earlier on in life. You were actually an NFL athlete.
1: I was. I was. And um, I, you know, at times I still feel like I can play. Um, and then I get out there and realize that um, I go to the gym and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm old now. <laughs> Uh Everything hurts. I'm like my back. <laughs>
0: yeah, but they still have like 40. It wasn't. uh, What's his name? Tom Brady, isn't he like 45 and he just yeah. finished?
1: he 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 is around that age but Tom Brady is you know he's a quarterback and I'm 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 ai was a safety so I would have to tackle okay. guys run them down and all that good stuff but um my whole life was sports you know growing up I played sports um from the age of like four to um you know to to really now I mean I still try to keep myself pretty active but um you know that was like my passion that was the thing that I loved more than anything was like football and that was my identity it was football it was like you know, Brett, you're the athlete, you're the football player, this is what defines you. And um I did that for a very long time and then I realized that I couldn't do it anymore, right? I wasn't um capable of sustaining um you know, not sustaining injuries and still being able to perform at the level I needed to and decided to leave the NFL and you know, with that left my identity. So I had to go recreate this new version of of who I am and it's really not a new version, it's just me realizing what already exists inside of me, and that I had suppressed that my entire life because society tells us that we have to have an identity, we have to have a name, we have to um, do something, we need to find a career, right? Everybody goes through the, the the school system to be something where the real school system is that you don't need to be anything because everything that you're trying to be is already inside of you, right? So I had to really f- understand that, and that's part of the spiritual journey that I've been on is, is, is revitalizing the energy that's with inside of me and truly understanding that everything that we have questions about everything that we need answers to everything that we're trying to become is already inside of us we just need to provoke that line that's already sitting there it's just asleep right it could be a lion it could be a whale it could be (laughs) whatever your spirit animal is but it's already there and uh we just have to get quiet and go inside and so um you know, it's, it's been a long journey from there. And, you know, I, I just didn't get into, you know, it wasn't just football. And then now I'm in, you know, this, you know, love and relationship coach, it was like football. And then now let's figure it out. And that's what we're all here to do is figure it out.
0: Right. I have to ask, though, do you feel that part of, I mean, I guess for all of us, every day of our life, we're that spiritual opening, this, the, catalyst for that is kind of rumbling within us, right? Like the, the beast is stirring at all times, different things can elicit it. And I'm wondering if you felt that at all as as a professional athlete, because you're so attuned to your body and people will, because it's mind, body, soul, right? And everything is equal and has an equal part in our evolution and awakening. And to push yourself to those limits, some people will say that that's, they had an awakening strictly through physical, from pushing themselves through limits, from a total, complete focus on athleticism or for professionalism. So do you feel like that at all sort of started it? Like, did you feel heightened levels of sensation or connection like through sports, through athleticism?
1: Winnie, that's a great question. For me, I think it's. it really comes down to this is that your, your level of consciousness can only take in so much at that time, right? And for me, I wasn't even aware. When I say consciousness, consciousness I'm talking about awareness. My awareness... Was at a point to where I didn't even understand any of the stuff that I understand today. So even if I was pulling in certain things where you know I may have in, you know insight or foresight to you know hey this may happen I probably should do X Y or Z, I would just you know base that on oh that's just me being able to you know predict it because of how smart I am, right? Not saying like oh okay maybe I do have certain gifts right certain psychic abilities that we all possess. I didn't even know that that was a thing at that time. You know, I thought it was like, you know, X-Men, if, if you will, like, I would watch, I would watch those movies and I'd be like, oh, that'd be really cool to be able to do these things. But most people don't know that we can do a lot of these things if we truly practice it and get out of our own way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think a lot of people later on who are become psychics or mediums will say that was already happening they just called it something else. They thought it was related to something else, but really it was the beginnings of what became their their gifts.
1: Exactly. And and that's uh, when you look at a lot of people, we all have these innate gifts and they may come up in certain places. And just like you said, we call them something different. When you start recognizing them, that's when they start becoming heightened. It's like where, where attention uh, flows or where energy goes, attention flows, right? And so the more you put attention on these things, they start to highlight, they start to amplify, right? It's like, if I tell you, <clears throat> you're great at running, and the more you run, the, the the easier it gets, all of a sudden you become a great runner, right? Um, it's It's about focusing your attention on what you want to create and understanding that there's one premise that this whole world depends on, and it's that the mental is everything right whatever you put in your mind it plays out in your reality and if you can grasp that out of any other principle i don't you know the laws of manif- manifestation and and everything else that people have taken from you know certain philosophies um that have been imprinted um in the i'd say the 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 greatest underpinnings of history started with this one premise which is everything is mentalism and that's the hermetic philosophy when you really look at that. Um, and we can talk, we can go into that too, uh, you know, whenever you want.
0: Yeah, and we will, absolutely. Before we move on though, Brett, I have to ask, because you are, it is it is unique. Come, growing up in a, a football household, my brother played football. My family worship football and people worship football players. And just the idea of getting to the NFL is the holy grail of that sport, which means so much to our world right now. And what I'm curious about is it. it is a very, and most professional sports are very masculine, which is, and I have to talk about this cause it's the Women Waken podcast. So I'm very interested. My calling is about helping to rebalance is the acknowledgement that we're missing the feminine presence, the feminine energy in so many ways. So I'm just curious about what it, it felt like to you to reach this goal that so many people revere, right? Oh my gosh, you are in the NFL. Automatically to a lot of people, you're a star, you're amazing, you're a hero. And what was it fulfilling? Because you 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 made the point about being something rather than someone. And that's actually one of my favorite quotes that was by Coco Chanel, where she said, "You begin to live your life when you decide to be someone rather than something." And I think that in itself almost illustrates the way our world is. We're all trying so hard to be something rather than someone we, and sorry to keep quoting, but Marilyn Monroe also said of Hollywood, when she became famous, she said, Hollywood is a place where they'll give you $50 for a kiss and five cents for your soul. (laughs) So my point of all this is that you've had the unique, unique experience of having that something title, the ultimate something title. Oh my gosh, they achieved this. What was that like? Now that you look back on your spiritual path, do you think that also was a catalyst to make you realize I got this title and I still don't there's something I still don't feel, or did you feel it? I'm just curious if you could share a little on that.
1: Yeah, that's such an interesting perspective you have there. I love the way your brain works. Um very <laughs> than mine. I I I see why you're running your running your podcast. Great questions. For for me, <clears throat> I understood that. At a very young age i was able to understand that if you focus on something and put every single f- fiber of your being into it you can get to wherever you want and so when you do that at a very young age it automatically trains your mind to help you understand that you can c- accomplish anything and if i was to say there was one thing about me that allows me to be able to jump into any situation or be able to do anything it's that one principle because i saw it You know when by the time i was 22 23 right where most people will never see the manifestation of the thing that they truly wanted at the highest level right because you know football basketball any any professional sport is such a a small margin of individuals in this world who play it once you get to that point you understand that you have pretty much uh outperformed Every single person that has done that to this point, out of the select individuals that are playing, because there's only about 1,700 people that play in the NFL every single year. 1,700 people, right? There's, there's what? How many people on, on, on Earth now? Almost eight billion.
0: Eight point two. Right.
1: <laughs> and let's just, let's just segregate it to the U.S. and Europe because most countries don't play football like that. So let's just say there's, you know, 500 million people who, who are able to even play football, right? So it gives you this almost uh, superhuman perspective on the fact that you can do whatever it is that you want. And that's what the ego um either feeds off of or runs off of until it hits a certain point where the ego no longer serves you. And for me, the ego was my best friend getting me all the way into the NFL. And then once I got there, I realized that the ego or my ego was my worst enemy because everything that had gotten me to that point and all the fears and the uh the the idiosyncrasies that i had within me started to play out in the nfl right so you know needing attention or wanting to wanting to be the best and 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 wanting the spotlight on me um and wanting to show other people that i was this 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 certain persona that i was portraying that all started to plague me once i got to the nfl because i would i was doing things that weren't that weren't who I was. It was, it was to impress upon others on what I thought they wanted them to see. Right. It was like to buy these flashy, these flashy things, cars and jewelry, to, you know, treat women a certain way, to um live this certain lifestyle that I saw growing up. Right. Talk about mental conditioning, right? I saw that growing up from a very young age. I used to run race home and watch, you know, watch these music videos and and see how these people lived. And I was like, I'm gonna live like that one day. And that's exactly what I did. And that's the biggest reason why I probably didn't play as long as I should have, because I wasn't focused on, okay, I got to the NFL. That was the goal. And then it was like, now the goal is to live this lifestyle. And I <laughs> I live this crazy lifestyle, which is great. And I don't take it back for anything because it got me to where I'm at today. Um, and without that, I don't know if I would have been able to to quantum leap to where I'm at today.
0: Thank you so much for, for sharing that and for being honest about your experience. And what it was like for you. And because it really does. It shows that contradiction between the ego and the and the soul. And that I, I do believe that I guess not there are many people who are lived though live their whole life, I think, in the ego, who will just find their place there. But I I don't believe that it's ever a truly fulfilling life. Just as you described, you can be entertained because you keep chasing after more. If you had stayed where you were and just kept going after the shiny things to look a certain way and present a certain way, you could have stayed there, but something moved you. And I think that there is something to, when we get into the essence of souls, our evolution, that maybe it's, maybe it's that we've been through enough lifetimes that in this one, we're able to recognize because it, it almost reminds me of my journey in recovery. I've been sober for 10 years now. I struggled with addiction and I had to choose to get sober because I realized this is not the person I want to be. And it was like, I, you hit a different wall, but I hit the same kind of wall and saying, there's something off here. This is not, I felt disconnected from myself when I was using. And so I realized I don't think this is what I came here for. And that's when I started my journey back to myself and to moving into my true highest self, which it sounds like you made that pivot and moved towards that. So it's interesting that there are some people, I mean, we're all in different places in our path, Right. But I feel that more than ever, there's people on our planet right now that are having that realization awakening of, wait a minute, maybe life isn't all about obtaining the externals or trying to be something that we thought was the ultimate.
1: First of all, I got I to gotta say that I congratulate you and I'm so proud of you for being able to move out of that because there's so many people that never do. And they just let it pull them down to where they just don't even recognize themselves and they just give up on life. So it just shows the the individual that you are in the amount of, you know, self-perseverance, but also discipline that you have to not go back. Because we we all struggle with addiction. It doesn't matter whether it's food, whether it's sex, whether it's self-shame, whatever it is, we all have specific addictions. And most people will live through that their entire life and make excuses as to why they can or why they don't. And so, um, I just want to, want to say thank you for, for being an example of how to be able to change your life because we need more of that. And I don't think, um, I don't think we have that, but to your question, the ability to be able to move through this so-called awakening that, and, and really it has everything to do with being able to see, right? Because. This is the first time in the really age of of humanity that we can now see almost everything, right? And twenty twenty four is going to be a big year for exposure, right? And I'm I can't wait because I'm I'm, ready.
0: We're both ready ready for it. Here it comes.
1: Yep, that gif of Michael Jackson eating popcorn. He's just sitting there smiling in the Thriller. (laughs) thriller. That's that's me. That's me right now because there is a lot of things, uh, uh, there's several things that are going to get exposed this year as they got exposed in 2020. And the more that things get ex- exposed, the more that people can't run away from the truth, the more people are going to start to awaken. And that's going to create this, this cataclysm of one, people who understand that we can't trust certain entities and, and certain powers that be. The second thing it's going to do is it's going to start bringing people together. Right, because the number one thing that has plagued us for the beginning of time is is division, right? And division is because of fear. If you wanna, if you wanna create fear and control in, in a society, you need to divide, and that's what's happened over these last, you know, call it three hundred years. So once the division is gone, and, and division is not just race, it's also men and men and women, right? Like the divide right now that you're seeing this this transgender divide, you're seeing these divides between the divine masculine and the divine feminine right now, like there's all of these different phases of division. And once those barriers kind of fall to the wayside, we're going to start to see that one, we're going to be able to unite, two, we're going to be able to coexist and 3 we're going to be able to find love within each other. And that's like, you know, that's later down the road, but that's where things are moving to. And so the more that people are exposed to the truth, the more light that's going to start to come into consciousness right now
0: that's such a great point because that's exactly what i was alluding to is that i think that's what's happening is that we've been through the decadence we've been through the disconnect and more of us are recognizing it's a dead end and there's nothing there and it's not the actual truth and so we become aware of what we've always known deep down we always know the truth but we're becoming more aware of it so that's that's a beautiful point so Brett, then to, to move us along a little, and then I'll, we can move on to your current life. But I'm just so curious. It's just your your story is, again, is very unique and rich. So I think it's a great perspective, especially with the, the spiritual twist to it. So when you did end your career, did you have a moment where you struggled with like, what now? Because I've always wondered that about whether it's a, prof- well, mostly professional athletes, because they have such a short amount of time. And whether it's like, I used to be obsessed with gymnastics. I wanted to be an Olympic gymnast until I, when I was in sixth grade, I remember they told me you're too tall and you're not very good. And I was devastated, but I I loved that sport. I loved it. But those girls work 24 seven for the first 18 years of their life. And then they're, they're almost like a racehorse. They're just, they're, they're usually there's some that go on to compete even into their late twenties. But for the most part it's that's it until you're 20. So I've always wondered what does somebody feel like when they've given everything to a sport and then all of a sudden it's done. And then Mm. I, I wonder if that also was a part of your spiritual journey from there.
1: Gosh, as you were speaking, I the first thing that came to my mind was we have these parts of our lives that we go through. And they're really just for me, like that was a relationship. And, and maybe that's the, probably the best way to, to explain it and create kind of this analogy is that this relationship that I had with football was like my my love. It was like my my first love. And when I was done, it wasn't on my own volition. It wasn't like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm going to be retiring. Like, I'm not going to be coming back next year. I had a great career. Thank you so much. It was, hey, Brett, we're not going to sign you. Um, You know, uh, bring your playbook in and uh, we're going to let you go. Like, it was it was that. And so being on this high and in my career kind of did this, it wasn't, you know, straight and steady. It was like, you know, broke my arm. My last game in college, um, didn't, didn't know if I was going to get picked up for the NFL, didn't get drafted, had to try out for the Cleveland Browns made the team. So boom, this spike up then was there on the Cleveland Browns. Um, there's something called practice squad where, um, teams, you you just practice with the team, but you don't actually like play the games. They tried to put me on practice squad. So then I was like here, and then I was like, uh. And then the next day I realized that the Patriots picked me up and I was gonna actually play in the games. So literally the next day I fly from Cleveland to Boston and I'm on this high, right? And so played for the Patriots for three years. My first year, you know, I was on this high and then I got injured at the end of the year. Boom, back down, right? Then come back next year, super excited, high, get injured, first practice, boom right? Third year, same thing, got injured again. And so I went, you know, on these highs and lows, you know, my whole career. And then all of 2012, I was out the entire season because I'd been hurt for three years. Um, I didn't really have a track record because no one had seen me play for three years. So um, I ended up playing in another league outside the NFL and then got my chance back in the NFL again, 2013. So now I'm on this high. And then, you know, August of 2013, New York Jets let me go. And that was when I had to really think and say, Brett, do you really want to do this anymore? And, you know, I came to the answer of, you know, I don't know, because the money was great and no athlete, you know, unless you played for a very long time, usually has something they want to do afterwards. It's very rare where athletes like, oh, I know I'm gonna jump right into this, or I've been working on this. Um, you know, for me, I had other endeavor, endeavors and things that I was doing, but nothing clear and concrete to, you know, where I was able to move into the next phase of my life. and so. Um, you know, it was like this breakup at the time. It was just like this breakup and it was a breakup where it was like, we can get back together, um, if you want, but you know, the work that's required, I don't know if you're going to be able to do it to be able to sustain it. And for me, I had done it for, you know, almost four years, <clears throat> excuse me at that point. And so I had to, th- I had to really contemplate, Hey, is this something that I really want to do again? Right. And possibly not make it again. Right. Because you train for four or five, six months and then hope to get the opportunity to play. And I had had done that for a year and a half and I was like, I don't know if I wanna do this anymore. And so at that point, it was this breakup. And then for the next two or three or four years, really five, was this, am I really over it yet? Right, am I really over her? or or him right and it was these withdrawals this this oh I don't want to look at football I don't don't, for the first three years after playing football I didn't watch a game like people like oh come to the game come to the bar let's watch never I never wanted to watch football I never turned it on by myself because it was just it was painful just reminded me of a lot of things I didn't even watch myself like play like old film and stuff I would never watch it because it was painful because it didn't end the way that I wanted it to 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 end um and it wasn't really until I started to go through the spiritual awakening that I became okay with how my NFL career went because anytime something doesn't go the way that you want it to, which, you know, is, is, you know, part of, you know, the shadow, the expectation of us thinking something's supposed to go a certain way, you hold on to that vision of it was less than what it was supposed to be. So now I am not enough. And I held on to that vision for a very long time. And I was very envious of a lot of people who had that, you know, where they they had a big contract or they want they went to a Super Bowl and won a game where they did these things where it was like the, the pinnacle of where I I wanted to be. And I had to realize that where I'm at today wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't be I wouldn't have been able to get to where I'm at today and be able to help all the people that I've been able to help if I didn't go through that. And so my greatest failure became my biggest success once I flipped the way that I I perceived the situation or the experience that happened. And that's truly the greatest example of how perception shapes your reality.
0: Oh yeah, and thank you, Brett. Um, one, for sharing, again, your story and for illuminating for us what that experience is like, because again, it's something that most people don't ever know, yet I think everybody to some degree knows that feeling of deep disappointment and despair around this wasn't how it was supposed to happen. And, you know, that kind of, whether it's regret or remorse can take people down. People will go the rest of their life, just this forever, almost imprisoned by choices they made by defeats they had. And that's been a big catalyst for me in my spiritual journey as well, because I've, it's what really between the addiction and that feeling of this wasn't what was supposed to happen. Things went wrong. I messed things up it was killing me. It was, it literally felt like an imprisonment. And I thought this can't be how we're supposed to live. There has to be something about my beliefs that I'm holding around these things that happened to me that are caught. It's not what happened itself. That was its own entity, right? Its own thing. It's what I believe about it. That's killing me and keeping me from being happy, from enjoying life, from enjoying and appreciating who I am, And so that was a big part for me. And then more recently, I've been able to do what you just said, which is not only was it okay that those things happen, but they actually, well, I believe there's stuff that things that we signed up for when we came into this life to experience, knowing that they would be the turning point, the catalyst for our biggest progress and evolution. Because without those moments, I like to call it grit, the times where it's like the, the gears are at the highest level. And we're like, holy shit, this is so freaking hard. And I can't get through this. Those that's when we change. The easy, breezy, flowy times are just the joy part, which are wonderful, but it's right. not when we're growing. So it's, it's through the worst things that happen to us that we gain exactly what we came here to do, which is our true understanding of who we are and what this is really all about. And that's why I appreciate the more people like yourself who share their stories honestly, because the more people that hear it, just as you said, they're going to think, Wait a minute. Maybe that's true. Maybe I can let myself off the hook. Maybe I can let this regret go and start looking forward instead of being obsessed with the past.
1: Oh gosh, talking about the past. That is if if you're holding on there's three things and, you know, my buddy talks about this all the time. There's three things that if you're holding on to will or it's the fastest way to just just a, a miserable life. If you're holding on to shame, regret or guilt, those three things can pull any, any person down and stop them from moving forward. Um, and for me, I held on to all three of those things, right? Shame for, you know, certain things that came up during my NFL career, guilt for not doing better, and regret that I wish I could have been better, you know, and I lived in that for you know, almost four or five years. And I, even though I was very confident, mentally, on the and on the under in the in the underpinning of my subconscious mind that was still there. And that showed up in in work, it showed up in my relationships, it was this need to be something or make my feel like I had to make my life of some substance to where it was in a very similar lane of football, which is why I chose to do things after football that kind of correlated to that in the business world, right? Like, you know, working and running for, you know, running a private aviation company, which is like, you know, a creme de la creme of, of society, you're flying on private jets, and you're doing, you know, you're working with all these extremely wealthy individuals and getting into wealth management, and, and so on and so forth, I was doing all these things to create this lifestyle that I thought I, I needed to maintain or or almost exude to the public. You know, and and a lot of that just came from me not being enough for myself, right? And not not truly loving who I am. And that's really what the path of enlightenment really is. It's it's this journey of reawakening your heart and fully loving yourself, every part of you, not just the good stuff, but the 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 stuff that and there's no good or bad it's just the stuff that you may perceive as something you don't like and embracing that. If you if you start doing those two things, very quickly your life can shift in a very different way. And that's and that's part of this this journey for me is is embracing that love and and helping others embrace that love because it is it is um there's only one cure to 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 everything in this world and it's unconditional love.
0: Absolutely. So then it sounds like from there it was when you took the DMT, that you actually were like, okay, maybe there's other pathways. Maybe it doesn't have to be related to whether it's the pursuit of money and being, you know, staying in the realm of what you were in before. Was that the turning point? Like, what was your first spiritually adjacent or involved work, lifestyle, pursuit that you had that brought you closer to where you are now?
1: I mean, I think it's all part of. There's, there's all these parts of your life, and they're, they're all pointing in the same direction. You just don't know it at the time, right? So, like the NFL was pointing me to this because without the NFL, I wouldn't be able to jump into this, right? Like running, running several companies pointed me to this. Um, you know, being in certain relationships pointed me to this, and so they've all been this, this, you know, co- coalition of the willing, if you will, to be able to transcend me to this point. And each step just was a greater stepping stone to the pyramid of where I'm, I'm ultimately supposed to be. And I, I I feel like we're just ultimately discovering it every day, we continue to show up in the way that we're meant to, right? Because there's a lot of people that show up. And when I say meant to, I mean, we show up in a way to where we are completely in alignment with our highest and greatest self. There are there's so many people that wake up every day and have no clue who they are. You know, it's it's the best way is is literally you know watching the movie The Matrix. That is literally the best way to see how most of America wakes up, and it's it's this path of how can you start to tap into who you're truly supposed to be. So, to answer your question, Whitney, it's it's all been a culmination of events to get me to this point, but the the true awakening really occurred. Once I I did the DMT ceremony, I started to realize that there's something greater out there outside of me. And I also started to realize it, it, it piqued my interest. I think that's probably the biggest thing that that a spiritual experience does for most people that haven't had anything like that, right? Like it, it piqued my interest. And once for me, for somebody like me, once my interest is piqued, it's, it's game over because now I got to figure it out. Like I, got, I got questions and i need answers
0: <laughs> the libra in you
1: it's the libra in me i'm like i need answers i need to balance this shit out like <laughs> I, I can't have all these questions with no answers <laughs> and so um i i literally was like you know I, at the time of a buddy of mine named stephen Kotler, who is like nine times the best-selling author has written several books he wrote this book on um uh flow or several books on flow and one of this one of his books were, was called Stealing Fire. And in this book, he was working with Navy SEALs, and they were putting him in these in these hyper um, or these um, deprivation tanks, and playing you know certain frequencies and allowing them to condense learning languages from you know months into weeks because they had to deploy them into different countries. And you know they were using all of these different elements, such as you know their DMT experiences and things like that. And so that was kind of like my first like okay. Let me start reading this, and then so I got into flow, right? And I end up—it's funny because I—I literally read that book. Uh, my business partner was like, "Hey, you should read Stealing Fire." I was telling him about the DMT experience, and he was like, "You should read Stealing Fire." So I read that, and then I reached out to—I followed him on on Twitter, and then he messaged me and was like, "Hey, I'd love to meet," right? So I ended up meeting him, and I ended up work and I and I work with 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 um, with him now, which is which is great with the Flow Research Collective, which is the largest scientifically backed um research uh company on um neuroscience and flow and so you know it's just funny how the world comes together so like then i was like all flow i was like flow and peak performance and and high performance how do you do the unimpossible um or the impossible i should say and um and then as i was doing that i was still going through these these kind of shifts so you know i i started doing breath work and then that was a whole other thing because i was like hold on how can i do this just breathing? Right, not not a, not the same experience as DMT, but a, but a very um, um, life changing experience at the time. And I'm like, wait, I can do this with my breath. So that happened, and then I was doing, I started doing DMT ceremonies every quarter. And there was this, there was the third time I did it, and I, I was doing it at my 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 best friend's place, who is um, an incredible being. His name is uh, Curtis Lee Thomas. He's the n- number one mindfulness uh, trainer in the in the in the country right now. He's done breath work with NASA, Nike. He's a hell of a guy and i i sat down with him and he was like hey i'm gonna take you to this you know to this different dimension today and i was like what do you mean was like we, we do that every time he's like no 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 today's different he's like today i'm taking you somewhere else and so i'm like all right sign me up i'm like a candy <laughs> candy they'll tell me don't get me excited so um literally uh, he lays me down and I, I go through the experience and i come out and he's like how was it and i was like it was good but it was very similar. I didn't it wasn't what you said. He was like, Oh no, I didn't give you enough. Lay back down. So he lays me back down and I go. And when I lay back down, I, I normally I know I'm like la- I'm at his place. Normally I know that I'm, you know, I'm Brett. Uh, you know, I'm in LA. I when he laid me back down, I didn't know Brett. I didn't know where I was. I didn't, I wasn't anything. I literally disappeared into pure light. And that was my first experience at being just pure consciousness. And the best way I can explain it was it was like I was taken out of my body. And I went to see the all, right, whoever, you know, God, whatever you believe the creator, the Almighty, I literally went to see her, or him, or both, because we'll call it whatever we want to call it. And it was like being reborn and showing me why I'm meant to be here. And normally, you know, I'm laying down, you know, on, on the, on the sofa and I'm not really moving this time. Like my whole body was moving. My arms were moving. It was almost like a Kundalini sort of awakening. And when I got back, I was a different person and I that for that was the first time. And that was probably like 2019, 2018, 2018. That was, That was the first time. And it it was so funny, because that day I had gotten let go from the wealth management company that I was working for. And so I was kind of bummed out about that, right? It was, was, there's a whole journey in, in that and a whole bunch of lessons within that I was there for like, a year and a half to two years. And I had just gotten let go. And I had this session that day. And when I left my buddy's place, I was completely okay with everything in life, because I understood why I was here. And that's this when was the light DMT happened. This was DMT. And this I is I want to the get on happened.
0: that guy's sofa. I want to take that trip.
1: <laughs> you don't know, listen, that that trip is different and and you you'll love it, but like you know, I've invited certain friends um you know to to meet him because he's a, he's a very special being and for those that aren't that don't understand that there's another way of life, there's another whole other dimension out there and dimensions I should say for someone who's stuck in this reality to be able to have your consciousness shaken like that you almost can't figure out life after that and that's when the awakening starts and that's what happened to me it was like it jolted me like I was the most results driven focused money making you know guy you know all about success that you ever met and when I did that I was like wait a second what am i doing here why am i doing this stuff and when you start asking why that's when that's when it starts and for me that's that's when it, it that third dmt session is when it blew my socks off crazy story so i've never had any you know i've never seen any ghosts or had any spirits you know and now i have but at the time it's like i never felt any spirits and that next morning i was um i was at my ex's place at the time and i was showering and i just had my my grandparents who had passed pop into my mind as well as uh, a cousin who passed um, who popped into my mind and um you know i started kind of crying in in the shower for whatever reason i don't know why and when i got out i was you know i was in the bedroom and i was getting dressed and there's this ceiling fan that you know i don't know if you can see if there's a ceiling fan right here but the ceiling fan where you know you hit the you hit a remote and the light has to go on right and i know for a fact you have to hit the hit hit the button to turn the ceiling fan on because that's how it works you can't hit a switch you have to hit the button so i'm getting dressed and all of a sudden the light flickers on flickers off flickers on flickers off flickers on and stays on a third time right after i was just thinking about my two grandparents and my cousin now that time I was I was freaked out. I was like, what the hell? I, I picked the phone up. I called my buddy. I was like, yo, what in the what does this mean? I told him he was like, Yeah, bro, you're what tapped you do in. to me. He's like, You're you're tapped in right now. And <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to be tapped in like this yet." It 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 literally, those experiences that that really that experience right there was really the main catalyst to like, okay, like now let's let's figure it out. And then we go, you know, right after that, we go into a pandemic and you know i'm still moving through who who i'm who what i want to do and how i want to serve and you know right around 20 like into 2021 not beginning of 2021 i started working with this naturopathic doctor and this doctor you know i was she's very spiritual and um you know great friend and she was like you should look at this book called gene keys and i was like gene keys and i was like it's not about it. and she's like just, just take a look at it it's a, it's a really good book it kind of shows you like who you are and this and that and I was like really I was like all right so I picked that book up and then right around the right around that time I had just broken up with my with my ex and so this was like 20 February 2021. and so um I had this past life regression at the time right and in the past life regression I went back to a past life in Italy. And um, and this was like or I should say ancient Rome, if you will. And I was a sculptor. And it's funny because the shaman who who's doing the past life regression asked me, What is your, you know, she's like, what, what do you love about your job as a sculptor? And I said, Politicking with the royal elites. Like that came out of my mouth. And I'm like, What the hell? Who says that, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> so I'm like going through this, and then like shortly after that, I had a reading with a, a friend who's a who's a psychic medium. And she says, you know, one, you're supposed to be working with boys, young men, you know, you're supposed to be a a guiding light and and mentoring them. And then secondly, she um, was saying that, I don't know if you know this or not. And well, let me back up. Let me backtrack to the past life regression. So when I said politicking with the Royal elites, um, well, I'm going to fast forward. Sorry, I'm jumping all over here. So she goes, she goes, and you may not see, see this, but um, you know, in five years, I see you being in politics. I was like, politics. I'm not, I don't don't care about politics. I have a political science degree from UCLA, which I never ever use, but I'm like, politics. She's like, you may not just, just," she was saying it's not because of the fact that I want to be in politics, but in the fact of where politics are heading. And she was saying that everybody in politics right now is in it for reasons other than truly helping humanity. And she said that because of your heart in the way that your heart functions in when when she's when she's saying my heart she means my soul she's like they need someone who can lead who has a heart like yours and i was like okay that makes sense so in fact so but you know keep going through 2021 like i meet this this uh celebrity psychic medium at a grammy party here in la and i'm like oh i'd love to get a reading from you so i have a reading from her and she sits me down and or this is over the phone and you know we're talking about you know what i should be doing for work and she was like do you, do you want to write a book i was like uh, i've thought about it but i don't really like writing it's tedious she's like well let's figure out why you have resistance to writing so i'm like okay so she's like i'm here with saint germain and jesus and she was like okay so in one of your past lives this was you know long ago um you were very high up in the church and at that time the church was politics and you didn't believe in that they they wanted to use the devil to punish people and you didn't believe in punishing people and and you were very outspoken so in one of your past lives you got put in jail for you for your whole life and then in another past life you had both your hands cut off because you were a great writer and you had both your hands chopped off so you couldn't write right and so like obviously we're on we're on the 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 your podcast here where this is making sense to a lot of people but to most people this wouldn't make sense but if we work through the timeline it's like you had this past life regression in ancient rome where you were a sculptor and you enjoyed politicking with the royal elites you had one psychic tell you that you're going to be in politics you had another psychic tell you that in your past life you were very high up in politics and you were put in jail because you're outspoken right which at that time, if you're high up in politics, that was ancient Rome, right? So I'm seeing like all these things connect, and I'm like, normally, you know, for for me, I'm a I'm a, I'm a skeptic, and for it for me, it has to make sense. As is in, and that's at that time. Now it's it's somewhat changed, but it had to make sense, and it started all to make sense and unravel in a certain way to where I'm like, okay, I get it, and that's when I was like, I'm I'm all in, and I got to figure this shit out. So I know I was long winded, but I just, I wanted to make sure I, I made all that connect for you.
0: Absolutely, and it completely connects, and that's absolutely fascinating. Do you think you would have been an o- as open to it a few years earlier before the DMT if you'd done a, re- a regression and people told you that? Do you think you'd kind of brush it off? Because it sounds like it almost con- Like mm-hmm. you kind of felt like, yeah, that makes sense. I get it. I feel okay. I'm because you said you're all in. We're only all in when we feel like, yes, this is aligned with the steps that I'm meant to take. I'm going to go for it.
1: Yeah, it's 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 tough to be all in when. You don't know what all in means at that point. Right. So like if I did a past life regression, you know, before I went through the DMT experience and breath work, I wouldn't even know how to tap into, you know, my, my, you know, higher state, because that's really what I was doing in that, in the past life regression was tapping into another, another state of who I am, um, and then letting things channel through. I never knew what channeling was. So I would have just been in my head trying to say whatever I was saying, right? So to answer your question, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And that's why all of the work that leads up to the grandiose thing that you are becoming is so important, right? Don't don't skip on the meditation. Don't skip on learning, you know, whatever interests you at the time, whether it's tarot, whether it's astrology, whether whatever it is, whether it's human design, don't skip on that stuff because all of that stuff leads up to where you're going where you're going and it's all it's all part of your journey so whatever is calling you that's your soul telling you that hey this is something that's going to unlock the next chapter of where you're supposed to be and so those are synchronicities those are signs from the universe that hey this is this is what's supposed to happen so i don't i don't question as much as as i used to i used to be like well why well how well when and now i'm like okay
0: (laughs) so true and and that's been a blessing for me as i've moved on my path It's really only gotten much better like this year, (laughs) but I've, I've always been the type that's like, all right, but what's the point of this? Like, why, okay, why did this have to happen? Why did I have to learn this? If it's not a part of the bigger, everything is a part of, as you said, the bigger picture of purpose. And especially once you're on your spiritual path, there's, you're getting this higher guidance that has the bird eye view. It knows the exact turns you have to take to get to where you ultimately are going to go. And it's not always linear. And it may not always make sense at the time, but just the way that you were saying, looking back, even at your NFL career, now you can say, yeah, it makes sense. It was a catalyst. It was something, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here. And it's true. And and I think it's important for anyone listening to hear that because I know throughout my spiritual journey, I thought, well, I'm stuck. This, nothing, this is not helpful. This isn't doing anything, but it, it really does. Everything we delve into is contributing to, because it actually is fascinating. We think about what it means to gain greater knowledge or wisdom or understanding it's like you because truths as they say it's like an onion like you you do one layer and then it just reveals more and i've heard it said that you know even god source whatever you want to call it is always ever expanding so even like the whole is gaining greater understandings of everything at all times which is a really big concept but for us it's like we're we're tapping in a little bit more to all the wisdom of the universe is what it ultimately is. And for humans it's a long way because we know so very little in our little human brains. And so as we sort of open up and have our minds expanded, every single step counts.
1: It does. And we're not supposed to know everything. That's that's the mistake or the misnomer that we all, you know, come here, you know, and that's part of what school teaches us, right? taking getting A's and, you know, taking SATs and going to college you think you're supposed to know everything right if you don't now you're stupid or you're dumb or whatever you know however you want to call it but and and i really believe this i don't believe we know anything because every single year i live something that i thought i knew there's new information that comes out that trumps what i thought was the truth right so i i truly believe that we don't really know anything and even if we look at and, and try to depict history like we're pulling through hearsay we're pulling information through hearsay no one was there no one was living half of most of the you know the ancient wisdom has been destroyed and so people have tried to pass it along and people have written on tablets and, and you know and scrolls and things like that but it's always been translated by somebody else it's like if i wrote a message to you and then i said write that same message to to the next person and pass it down you know to to 200 people by the time that last person gets that message it's going to be completely different than the first than when i wrote it to you right so I think we have, you know, certain things that we can draw on and draw perspectives on, but I don't truly know if we, if we really know everything and I'm, I'm welcome to opinions and I'm welcome to insights and I just draw what feels right. You know, and if I, if I'm sharing something, it's my opinion, it's never in truth. In fact, it's just where my journey is and where it's led me, you know, and I, and I, I try to not be an expert in anything um, because to be an expert means that you've, you've, you know, you know it all. Um, and uh, you know, even in the NFL, even in football, when I'm working with my my guys, I run a you know youth football academy here in Los Angeles. And when I'm working with them, I'm always looking for different ways of doing something because I truly don't know it all, right? I truly, I truly try to approach my my life as being a, a student to life, right? And l- allowing life to teach me these lessons that are that are important along my journey, and hopefully passing them along to some some someone else who can use it on theirs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I will say though, I do, th- I do think, I think we, I do think we know some stuff and and here's why. So I, I also heard this analogy where if we're, have you ever seen one of those pictures where they show like a super magnified picture of let's say an elephant and the person looks at it and they say, that's just, you know, it's just like a gray block. It's a, it's a brick maybe because it's closed up and then they pull it back and they say, oh, that actually looks like it might be the part of someone of a body of an animal. So it doesn't make your first observation false. You knew something, but you just didn't see the bigger image and you have to keep pulling back. And to me, that's what gaining knowledge is, is what you first thought was also true. But guess what else is true? You're actually looking at a whole ass elephant. it wasn't just this one brick, it was a bigger thing. And that's what's so exciting about the spiritual journey is you you can have a year where, like you said, you're obsessed with astrology or gene keys, and then you learn something else that feels like another layer, and you're like, oh, damn, (laughs) that wasn't even the whole truth before. Now I know even more.
1: Yeah, I listen. This is the Libra that's going to come out of me because I'm I'm very competitive, so I'm always going (laughs) to challenge. Always going to challenge. No more. Listen, I I truly believe that we've come a long way. Do I think that we understand? the universe in its full capacity. No. Do I think we ever will? I don't ever think we will get there. And when we do get there, I think that we will be long gone. Mm-hmm. Right. In in terms of 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 being in this body, in in on in this, in this body on this planet. And as you, as you point out, when you when you zoom out, you start to see that what you thought, whatever that that object was, is now a completely different object. Right, and so it's like, well, were you right or were you wrong? And I don't think there's a right or wrong. It's just the perception of where you're at, right? And so what I'm saying is that the level of consciousness that we're at is has, has, significant, has significantly um, trumped where we started, right? As 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 Homo sapiens, but um, we still have a long way to go. And as we continue to discover and and learn and and move through energies and and information, I think we're going to start to uncover some really interesting things that are going to make life a lot more fun and significant.
0: Absolutely. I can't wait. Makes it makes I'm it exciting, excited. exciting I'm to be here and to be around. So speaking of that, let's talk about where you are at right now. What is exciting you, tantalizing you in terms of what you're pursuing? I know that you're a transformative love and relationship coach. So that's definitely something that you are focusing on work-wise that you're now helping others with, which as you said, the only true thing is unconditional love. So I think it's probably why you're aligned with coaching around love. Because if we can get that component, everything else we kind of falls into place, because then we get into the flow.
1: Yeah, it's flow, um, love, uh, whatever you want to call it. You know, there's when you really look at the way that we live and and when I say the way we live, like where we live from, there's only two places that people live from, we either live from true genuine unconditional love or we live from fear Mm. there's no other place right so how you show up is is one of the two and so for me as i started to dive into the gene keys which you know for for those of you who aren't familiar with the gene keys because this is this isn't something that um is just readily out there like astrology and and, in you know human design i know this is a little bit more esoteric but what the gene key system is, is it it's it's a it's a system that's kind of blended the Chinese I Ching, which is um a ancient Chinese um book, esoteric book, if you will, spiritual book, um, that has pretty much predicted every single cycle um of of our times. And it's combined that with uh astrological birth data, so your birth date, as well as human design. Right? so it's taken all three of these these major systems and it's combined them into this personalized map that is pretty much your own genetic profile of self-improvement so it uses 64 different universal archetypes to help you move and understand behaviors and um, just different potentials of who you can be as a human being and for me i've taken a likes to it because again i had a lot of questions and i needed answers right and i started to read this book and that's when i started to get every single question that i had answered and it wasn't just about my questions but it was about all the questions that other people had and giving me insights into an understanding that i don't think i've ever read in any other book right on from the beginning of time to where we're at today um from you know buddhism to christianity to catholicism um, you name it. Talks about Buddha, talks about Christ, talks about Vedics. talks about Kundalini yoga. And it's given me this worldly insight into this spiritual, this metaphysical world, if you will, that has allowed me to completely alchemize myself as well as transform other people like I've never had before. Because before I was doing, you know, love and relationship relationship coaching, I was doing peak performance coaching and I was doing business coaching. Right? So I understand the coaching element, I understand the transformative element, but this is on a whole nother level. And once you start tapping into this, you, you start to really leave the matrix and you truly start to embrace who you are. And that's really what the gene key system allows you to do, is it allows you to embrace who you naturally are, who you're innately here to be, not, not the not the lawyer, not the financial advisor, not the football player, but the God or the goddess that's within you and bring that forth.
0: Amazing. And so you're able to use that with the people that you work with as a a transformative love coach. Now, is this individual work you do or is it with couples or both to help them see where they might be, like you said, kind of moving towards more of a forced element rather than what they naturally can flow with?
1: Yeah, great, great question. So right now, I tend to lean more towards groups. Um, And then within the groups, we do have individual kind of breakout sessions I have done some one-on-one coaching however um it tends to not move the needle as much because it to move through love and and the the confines of you know the heart it requires you to be able to one be very gentle to be very open but three to have almost a support group to be able to help you move through that and if you don't have someone there to support you the whole time, it becomes somewhat challenging. And for me to be supporting someone, you know, the way a group can support someone, you know, requires um, a heavy lift, right. And so people who do have the means to, to, you know, bring me in and do that, then, you know, by all means, yes. But for the most part, it's it's been normally groups because of the community element. And, um, you know, there's no greater way than people being able to lift others up.
0: Right? Absolutely. I'm curious. Yeah. Working in love and coaching for relationships. Do you believe in soulmates?
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, that's such a sticky question. You're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> With who? <laughs> <laughs> With your listeners. Oh my gosh. So I do believe in soulmates. <clears throat> I believe in twin flames as well. And you know, this is a very um again this is a concept that gets i think misconstrued and again i this is in my opinion but i believe that every relationship that we have is in its own right a lesson for us to learn now how do we know whether that's our twin flame or if that is you know our soulmate which are two completely different things right your soulmate is someone who usually comes into your life it's a very difficult relationship some of the most challenging relationships you have in your in your life and that doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic partner it can be a, a mother a brother a sister right it doesn't yeah. have to be romantically and that's the confusion that i think we make in love is that oh i'm I'm dating this 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 beautiful you know handsome man is he my twin flame and a lot of times it's not and and, and this is the biggest thing that i think um, when I was learning about, you know, soulmates and twin flames, that I learned is that your soulmate or excuse me, your twin flame may not even be on this planet. Right. Because it's your 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 soulmate, which is different than your your twin flame, is really just a split of who you are. Right. It's it's a it's a split of the masculine and the feminine. And you those archetypes have been living out their lives on this planet. Now, once you've found or you've you've truly ascended and and come back in alignment with the all, you may have transcended. You may you may not even be here anymore, right? And so, you know, I know it's a it's a it's a concept that's somewhat esoteric to comprehend, but they may not even be on this plane. And so you know there, there there's a lot of work that's required to be able to do to to be able to understand you know if this is my twin flame you know i would work with you know some 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 people that you trust who are you know have some some abilities to be able to see this stuff um if you have some questions surrounding that um and then i would also really use your intuition um to tap into that because again in you could be right or you could be wrong um, depending on you know how you're trying to manipulate the situation and on what you want, right? Being able to take in information and find the truth requires you to have an open mind and not sway one way or the other, right? And that's the hardest thing for us as humans because we our conscious mind typically wants something, right? And that's why the, the ego death is so important when doing a lot of this work because if the ego comes into any of this, right? I've worked with mediums, checking mediums in the past, where their ego was involved and they gave information that wasn't necessarily the best information for me because they were giving it from what they thought as opposed to what it was. To answer your question, I do believe in soulmates. I do believe in twin flames. I think that each and every one of us, um, it's up to us to discern what that relationship is for us and how that relationship is going to impact our lives.
0: Definitely, and and there are many, uh, just as twin flames, many different types of soulmates. Cause it is really just somebody that does impact yeah. our lives and that we are walking this soul path with, and they're significant. I personally believe in the idea that we've most people who are soulmates are people that we've had many lives with. Yeah. We've done, we've been around before, which people might know that feeling, which I'd be curious to know if you've ever had it, where you meet somebody or you're friends with somebody where you just have this sense of this isn't our first rodeo. <laughs> like We've done this before.
1: Yeah. I've had that. Uh, I mean, my, my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend in in the NFL, I mean, we were on and off for like six years. Like I could not get away from this woman. And I was like, now that I'm looking back on it, I'm like, there, there's something there. I haven't gone to the depths of saying, you know, Hey, was that my twin or soulmate? But it was a very difficult relationship and I just couldn't get away. Um, and I've had certain people like that in my life to where I've tried to get away from and I just couldn't. So I, they're, they're so tough to, to To just get through and and learn but every every relationship is an opportunity for you to have a, a better relationship with yourself and i truly believe that
0: what would you say is one of the biggest revelations you've personally had especially after a relationship like that which most of us know the ones that are those on and off in and out intense what have you come out of that especially now as a coach as a big revelation about love and relationships
1: that was such a long time ago for me that was like almost I'm a little little less than 10 years ago, which I've, I've, I've dissected that relationship at length. And for me, that relationship was a opportunity for me to be able to move through a specific archetype that I was dealing with at the time. And I don't believe I, I, I moved through that, which is why the next relationships in my life had the same thing, right? Of me having to honor myself. So that i can honor the relationship and that was that's kind of been my theme throughout i think all of my relationships in life is being able to honor myself so that i can honor my relationship and um i think a lot of us misconstrue what a a true relationship is in that in the dynamic of a relationship because we and correct me if i'm wrong you tell me this right because you're a smart gal when you're in a relationship with someone how do you view the relationship, the dynamic? Do you view it as like a duality? How do you how do you look at that?
0: Well, I'll tell you one thing. I don't know if this is what you're asking about, but I know in my previous relationships that did not work out, I realized that it was, I almost had my own, it was separate. I was almost in my own story and narrative. And that's why it didn't work out because rather than recognizing that, okay, we're doing this together. So I need to share with you how I'm feeling, what I'm assuming, what I'm thinking, I would just start to tell myself like oh I knew it there you know this is how it's going to go and this is how they feel and I had multiple people that I dated early on in my life that said, stop assuming that you know what I think and feel stop telling me how I feel because that's what I would do because again it was separate. So I think that there can be too much duality in relationships and its usually is when people are too attached to their own insecurities and fears or their ego, they want their needs met. They feel not valued if they don't get all their needs met. That's why it's, it's hard to imagine how people do relationship without the spiritual component. Because then when it's almost just all ego, ego, it's like metal against metal. It's just you're just grinding against, you know what I'm saying? There's, I mean, love is love. So it can even be present in the most dire of situations. But it's really hard to have a functional relationship when two people are just trying to get their own needs met and not communicating effectively.
1: Totally, I I completely agree with that. And so would you, you would call it more of like a dualistic sort of dichotomy.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So
1: I think that's the biggest mistake that most people make in relationships because when I look at a relationship and this was something that, you know, the Gene Keys pointed out and this is when the light bulb went off. I was like, oh, okay a relationship is a trinity right it's a 3 okay because you have you have yourself and then you have your partner and then you have the relationship itself right and if you don't feed the relationship the same way you feed yourself then the relationship does not it can't continue because there's no growth There's no energy right if you were to put it in a box there's no energy going into that relationship so a lot of times people focus on me and her or me and him right and all of a sudden the relationship dies because there was there was not enough energy to consist between just you focusing on you and that's the biggest mistake that i think that most people make in relationships is they don't they don't build a a relationship they just build a me and i hope that or she builds herself or himself. Right. So that's the biggest thing that I, I tend to focus on with my clients is helping them build the relationship by building themselves and then building the relationship. Secondly, because there's no way to build. It's like, you know, flying on a plane. I know you've heard this several times. But you know, when they when they give you the oxygen mask, right? Check put yours on first before you put you know, the person on next to you. Yeah. And that's really what it is. It's like if you don't build yourself up the right way, then there's no way to build a relationship. And there's a lot of people who are in relationships right now who have never built themselves up, who've built themselves up on fear, who've gotten complacent in the way that the dynamic of the relationship has been for 5, 10, 20 years. And now they're trying to change, right? And it's usually the woman
0: because they're, they're waking up right now and they're like, I don't like this relationship.
1: They're like, I don't like this relationship. And they realize that the the partner that they, that they want is not the partner that they're with. And the biggest issue when I look at it was the partner that they're with was never the partner that they wanted. And I'm like, but at the time, that was what you thought. Or at the time, you made that decision based on fear, based on not being with someone, being in a really dark place and finding this knight in shining armor that you thought was was the person at the time and then being in this relationship and then coming to a point where you want to be, you know, taken care of a certain way when you want someone to show up for you, emotionally, a certain way for someone to be open to having conversations and dialogue with you in a certain way that has been different than before, but this is who this person is. Right. So there's, there's, now there's this, this conflict and that I've been seeing just with, with clients and how they are, you know, how the relationship dynamic is going. And then on the flip side of that, now you know you have single men and women who are so independent and so almost afraid of losing independence that they don't want to be in a relationship, right? It's like, I want to do, especially you know people who are more spiritual, they're like, I want to do more work. I want to do the work, I want to do the work, I want to do the work, and they keep running from the relationship. It's like you can only do work for so long, and then you got to test the work. <laughs> you got to take the test,
0: and that's and what relationships t- are the best for. They will test the shit out of you. <laughs> Everything you thought you'd you'd accomplished and healed, a relationship will tell you otherwise.
1: It <laughs> will tell you. It will slap you. It will <laughs> uh, up and down. You know, you're like, what and how and why. But <laughs> that is the greatest chance for you to move to the next part of who you're supposed to become. Because everything in your life is relationships. The basis of your life of how happy you are, how joyful you are is usually based on relationships, right? Now I'm not talking about Buddha and, you know, transcending and being, you know, a, a Tibetan monk. I'm not talking about that, right? <laughs> Different, but for most people, the greatest the greatest life that you can have is having a life of beautiful, loving relationships. And so that's really what I invite people to do is to invite an openness to all of the relationships that you have in your life and take a hard look at them and see how each one of those relationships in your life are going and figure out are they truly what they should be and what they can be and then finding acceptance in that because some relationships are going to be what they're going to be, right You may have a relationship with your mother or your father or you know uh, uh, you know a partner, an ex-partner that's still in your life, maybe you have kids with them and the relationship is just what it is and so it's your job to find the meaning in that relationship but find the love in that relationship because the greatest the greatest art of love is finding a way to love something even though you you possibly can't right like how can you how can you love something that is just so despicable that you could not love it Right. And that's that's what we're all here to learn is how to move through that. And that is not that is the hardest, hardest thing to do. And the best way to test is the best way to test if you love unconditionally. And I know you're you're in the middle of like New York, so there's not a lot of traffic, but I'm in L.A. (laughs) So the best way to figure this out is go out in the 405 or the 10, you know, in rush hour and get cut off and see if you still love that person. (laughs) (laughs) or if you're saying swear words, um, as they're, as they're driving in front of you. Right. But you know, in, in, in all seriousness, that's the test. The test is when you go to the supermarket, the test is when you go to the bank, the test is when you go to the gym and somebody does something that you may not like, or says something that you may not agree with, right. Or go to work and you're dealing with that coworker that you're just like, Oh my God, if this woman says one more freaking thing, like me and her, we're going at it. Right. That's, that's the start of 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 really finding how to open up your heart
0: and it's it's the the hardest and it's it's because just what you said we're in relation to everything if you think of a relationship is just we're in relation to our surroundings to our bodies we're in relation to our job to the food that we we have a relationship with everything we come into contact with that person you meet in the grocery store you're having a sort of relation when you have an exchange and the most challenging thing is to, like we said, you can be single and alone and you're like, I'm the Buddha and I'm so at peace and everything's great. And then you, like you walk down the street and you're like, fuck that guy. He just cut me off. I hate that guy. And then, and it literally, it still amazes me how it's so visceral. Like when I get angry, it's like, it's like, it comes up through you. And in a moment, it's really challenging to have perspective. It's that reaction, right? Because, and the annoying thing is that you only have those reactions because of what's inside of you someone who's super enlightened i don't know how you get to this point again it's like the buddha but you've tended to that whether it's a wound whether it's a fear that charge is gone so that when somebody does mean annoying you don't respond with anger and resentment you respond with oh they must have been in a hurry like you said you bring love into it again that's like way down the line of (laughs) a very involved person most of us are still stuck in this place of how do I deal with this feeling, especially when it's not just somebody on the street, but it is somebody in your family, in a relationship that you feel very wronged by, you feel hurt by, because it is the ultimate question is, can can you be the love in this situation? Can you be the love? And there's a part of you that's gonna say, no, I don't want it, they don't deserve it. And that's the big turning point that has to happen for people is, well, how are you able to let go of that need to that yeah. people to understand that people don't need to be that no one has to deserve love. We just want to be able to give it to people.
1: Yeah, yeah. In in you know, and you don't deserve the the pain and the and the and the 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 anger, right? That you're holding on to. You don't deserve that either, right? So it's like it's 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 this catch twenty two, and you you truly have to take a step back and 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 this is a good a good exercise that I I did in you know um, a few years back where I would look at everyone as like a five year old child.
0: That's a wild thing to do. I've played around with that. And it's like, Oh, my gosh, they're all like seeing them as all just little kids. You're like, Oh, we're all so silly.
1: I know, I know. It's and it's, the, it's really a, a great exercise. You can, you can do this for a day. Um, You don't have to do it for, you know, a whole week, but you can do it for a day. And just see how your day goes when you start looking at people as little kids, because you wouldn't get mad at a five year old five year old could throw, throw a, a truck through a window, right, through the through, the, through the, the window in the house, and you would you would be upset but you wouldn't, you wouldn't jump all over them. You'd say, why'd you do that? Like, I was sorry, I was playing. I, I, well, we don't play like that. Right. It's, it's the same way, right? We wouldn't yell at them and scream at them. And, and, you know, some people may, but you know, I wouldn't, but, um, and, and that's, those are, these are the tests that, that come into our life. And there's no better test than having children, even though I don't have my own. I, I have others that I've adopted. And, um, uh, it, it is a truly a test to, to work with, with young children.
0: Yes. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to, that's going to be my new challenge from the next time I step out my door is if I feel that feeling coming up is to imagine them as a child that I would not ever be mean to or scream at, but just maybe ask, asking questions is always helpful, right? Is there a reason that you decided to do this? What was going on for you that you threw your truck through the window?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well, I was angry that you didn't let me play. Oh, okay. (laughs)
0: Yeah, understanding. Understanding. That's what I always offer people is because one of the biggest points of anger is a lack of forgiveness. No, I can never forgive them for what they did. And what I've heard, and I actually got this in a meditation early on in my spiritual journey was that it is true that we hurt and we have to work on that. And that deserves to be seen and heard and attended to yet just as you said, being angry just hurts us. We don't deserve that. We don't deserve to walk around our life with that hot, fiery anger that feels horrible. Yeah. Another, when you understand, uh, I was going to say, when you understand why somebody might have done something, it washes away that anger, and you can forgive.
1: Yeah. Understanding is huge, but a lot of times we may not get the understanding. Right? You may not. It's be- true.
0: It's true. You might never understand. You might not know the yeah. You might not know the reason. It's true. You may, you may Good have point. had, you called you me out
1: had, yeah, no, Listen, you, you're, you may have been upset with a, a family member who passed away. You never get to speak to them right now. You're like holding on to like guilt and then, you know, resentment for not speaking to them about it. And, you know, for me, the one thing that, that helped me with moving through that energy is that you have to remember that everybody is doing the best that they can. Truly everyone's doing the best that they can. Otherwise they would be doing something different. So if you understand that that's the absolute best that that person could have gave me at that time, you start to look at it a little bit differently. Because now you now you you turn yourself from being the victim to not them being the victim, but actually them being someone that you have whole compassion for, right? And compassion can do wonders for you, right? Just like being grateful can do wonders for you. And so compassion is is a huge leading mechanism of, hey, I understand where you're at it's okay.
0: Yeah, I'm just mad.
1: And I can't get mad at the person who cut me off on the on the freeway. Right? If I pull up next to him, and I see him, you know, and I, a perfect example, I was driving today. Um, and this girl or swerves in front of me, and then swerves over to the next line. And I'm like, i almost like, I felt a certain way. You know, and this is another thing is we feel a certain way, because we feel like that was supposed to be our spot, right? Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be my lane, but Cut me off, it came too close. Right. And then, you know, I happen to see her through her side, her side mirror, you know, and she's sitting there, she's smoking cigarettes and, you know, and just looks like she's having a chaotic morning. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know what she's going through. I don't know where she's coming from. I don't know if she's got an argument with someone. I don't know what's going on, but I hope you have a great day. Right. And that starts to open up a whole other side of what. Allows the universe to bring you, because when you hold on to anger and you're holding on to tension or stress, you start blocking all the beautiful things that life's supposed to bring you, right? And that's a that's a that's a big thing that I've been working on is staying open to the wonders of what's what can happen because anything can happen. Yet we have this finite box of what we think can happen. you are like, you know, and then and and so for me, it's like how. How can I stay open to not having an expectation on this is how it's supposed to go, right? Like this podcast is a perfect example. I could have came on and said, these are all the things that I want to talk about today. And I just showed up and I said, whatever it's supposed to be, it's going to be. I'm just going to let it flow and I'm going to stay open to whatever the possibilities are um, that are supposed to happen right now. Right, so it, it it's a it's a it's a subtler way of life. It's a smoother way of life. It allows you to stay in flow, but it also allows you to stay open to the opportunities of what greatness can happen in your life. And we're so focused on negativity because our mind is a negative being. It is a a a piece of or a system in our brain in our body that blocks out all the goodness because it's so worried about what can what can go wrong, right? So an exercise that. I highly recommend for most people who are dealing with stress or or anxiety or just anyone who wants to to start shifting the way that they think is wake up and do a meditation, five minutes, close your eyes, either silence or put put some, some, some music on and think about what can go right today. Literally just sit there and think about for five minutes, what can go right today? What are all of the things that are happening today that can go right? and watch what starts happening with your day. It's 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 such an easy exercise, yet it's some of the most profound things start to happen. It's crazy. I, I can just give you all the messages that people are like, oh my God, this happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's that shift in perspective. And we usually find what we expect. Yes. Right? And yes. that's why something like say victim mentality is so detrimental because if you walk around the world thinking that you're gonna be wronged and that you're always the victim, That's what you're going to find because you're, we make our own reality. You can turn almost every situation into a situation where you've been wronged, or if you're looking at how things go, right, you can look at the same situation and say, well, I didn't have to go to work today because my car broke down and I got to actually rest and relax. And what a great blessing, beautiful, fantastic. It, It went my way. So it really is, you know, what we like you said, what what where energy what where intention goes, energy flows. Whatever the saying is.
1: <laughs> yeah, where where attention goes, energy flows. You said it. Yeah. Right.
0: So put your intention. Yep. Like everything's going great, and it's gonna keep going great. Oh, this thing happened, and I'm gonna see it as something that's that's perfect. Yeah. And and it sounds. I know people who first hear that, they're like, get lost. That's your you know, no one acts that way. But it's just it's it basically it's, it becomes you live your life one of two ways, right? That nothing's working out, or that everything's working out.
1: Exactly. And, and that's your choice. Your choice is to choose what works out for you. And, um, I, for me, I don't look at whether it's working out or whether it's not, it's just what it's supposed to be. There's no working, not working. I live my life in a, in, in, in a paradox. (laughs) I really do. Um, you know, most of us do. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most of us here do. I don't know about the rest of the world.
0: (laughs) So before we wrap up, Brett, I would love for you to talk about something that you incorporate in your work that I actually haven't heard of. I haven't heard of this one. Maybe I have. I just didn't know the name of it, but you work with the hermetic principles. What are those? Have we already spoken about it and didn't realize it? Like, what is that related to?
1: Yeah. So hermetic philosophy is what uh, you're talking about. And um, her hermetic philosophy really goes all the way back to, you know, I call it ancient Egypt where. Hermes, right, and this is Greece, but when we work even further back from Egypt and go back to Atlantis, when Atlantis had its downfall, there was someone by the name of Hermes Trismegistus, which you may have heard of, who left Atlantis and landed in um, Khem, which was ancient Egypt. In ancient Egypt, he's known as the the, um, Egyptian god uh, Thoth, which is the God with the you know the ibis the the bird mm-hmm. on its yeah, head, and in Greece he's all he's known as Hermes the god. Okay, from the research that I've done, he's he's the same person. Okay, but he brought all of the teachings from Atlantis to Egypt. So chemistry, right? Al chemistry, right? Brought that there. Philosophy, right? Psychology. A lot of the principles that were advanced in Egypt. This was what came from that so the hermetic philosophy has come from that so there's there's seven um principles of the hermetic philosophy i'm gonna see if i can remember them all here i think the biggest one that we should talk about which i've mentioned is mentalism where the all right when we talk about the all there can only be one the all and the all is within us all it's it's this paradox it's literally like philosophy right so mentalism is that means that whatever you can think of, you can create. That is that is the main principle of mentalism and your life is created based on this main principle, right? So if there was one principle that I would say you should know in hermetic philosophy, it would be this this principle of mentalism, right? And this is something that I've been practicing for a while now, but this is also the the start of alchemy. Right when you start talking about alchemy and philosopher's stone and all of that great stuff that you know is embodied in, in in these teachings and that's gone through history, okay, it it all starts there. Next principle is the law of polarity, right? So, meaning that there's different poles, right? As as above, so below. You've heard that that below that that oh, yeah. before, right? And so this idea of polarity right? Um, The fact that there, uh, the fact that there's a cause and an effect. Another law is the law of gender. Everything is masculine and feminine, right? So there's a masculine side and a feminine side. So for instance, the universe is more masculine, whereas the earth is more feminine. Okay. So there's these these philosophical teachings and those are the main ones that I want to kind of hit on because those are the I'd say the more important. I'd say the probably the last one I would hit on is is the you know principle of vibration that everything vibrates, whether at a low frequency or an extremely high frequency, which is actually almost not vibrating because it's vibrating so high. It's almost like if you were going to look at a wheel on a car if you're driving and you looked you know on the freeway, it looks like the wheel's not even moving because mm-hmm. it's going so fast, right? That's yeah. that's the vibration. So everything vibrates, right? From a rock to the highest version of you know what's calling it at a, um, a star right it vibrates at a specific frequency, and so, when you understand that the main. i'm not going to say goal, but when you understand that the higher you vibrate the faster you leave this lower existence, you start to manipulate your energy to transmit a specific frequency that is above everything. And that's part of what alchemy is, is being able to take all energies and transmute them into the energy that you want, which is the mental side of things. And that's why everything is mental. So the relationship is mental. Your reality is mental, your finances are mental. Who you believe you are is mental. And so if there was one thing that you could change, it's not change your diet, it's not change your your, your wardrobe, It's not to change your fringe group. It's to change how you think about all of them, right? And the ideas that come into your brain, the things that you think about, and then catching all of the negative things that are popping into your mind because we all have them. Positive psychology says it takes nine positive things to equal one negative thing, right? So for every positive thing you hear, right, or excuse me, for every negative thing you hear, it takes nine positive things to equal that. And that's not that's not to exceed it. It's to equal it. So technically, you need to hear eighteen positive things. So if someone said, that's ugly, right? Now you need eighteen people to say you're beautiful, right? So now you see why everybody lives in negativity because our brain is focused that way. And so, yeah, that's the biggest step is is understanding that, but also understanding that you truly have the keys to your Ferrari, you know, or your Lamborghini, or whatever you want. Okay, have a sl- we got the
0: keys. We well, got the keys. We wow. got gene keys. We got yeah. the hermetic principle. We covered a lot today, Brett. We covered a lot. People have a lot of brain food to chew on after this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, go eat something. If you guys have been listening to this, I'm sure you're hungry. <laughs> go get some food, <laughs> ground yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Brett, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. It was really fun to hear about your story, about your path, about your work. It's been a blast.
1: Winnie, do me a favor, right? make sure you invite me back because i had a blast
0: i will absolutely we have a lot more to discuss plus you're always evolving and your your wisdom is going to get zoomed out you're going to have way more to share you're going to be doing way. well we have to follow your political career too so
1: oh no 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 not yet not yet i I, i'm praying i'm praying it doesn't call me but if it if it does then you know i'll show up exactly how i'm supposed to
0: so if people want to vote for you or if they want to learn more about you how can they find you
1: um uh, find me on twitter that's a better excuse me instagram that's the best way um brett underscore locket um and i'm i'm pretty active i always message people back if you guys have questions or
0: he does i did it he does <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can talk about whatever you want we can talk about ancient aliens we can um talk about king key keys whatever whatever you know floats your boat whatever brings you light love and happiness
0: fantastic thank you again so much brett we'll see you again soon
1: Thank you, Winnie. Talk soon.
0: Take care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.